Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Ever wonder why hockey sticks cost so damn much? What makes them so expensive? The carbon? The tooling? Nope, it's the marketing. Sponsoring those pros, buying advertising. It adds up, and you pay for all of it. So the guys at Art Hockey started Art to make state-of-the-art sticks that don't cost a car payment. And while their sticks are handmade of 100% high-quality carbon fiber in the same factories as the big brands, they are bringing them directly to you from the only place you can find them, arthockey.com. No pros, no middlemen, no endorsement contracts to pay for, just guys like you who love hockey. So check them out at arthockey.com. That's A-R-C-Hockey.com. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club. We got another exciting episode tonight. We have episode 51 coming at you with the usual suspects. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mama now? And the all around sports crew, the guy for all of our hockey news, Derek D. Train. He too. What's up, D. Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host, coming in at you tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. And we got a special guest sitting in with us tonight from BU, uh, Dante Fabro Jr., second leading in points on BU right now and a prospect for the Nashville Predators. Pretty exciting season for you over at BU. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Dante. So are you chilling uh, in the dorms over there or are you off campus? No, we're in the dorms. We're uh, we're in like an apartment building, the juniors and seniors, just uh, just behind the rank. So it's uh, it's nice and close. Nice. Oh, Boston have a game tonight? The yeah, Bruins? Don't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Do they? Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, they play Florida. It's in the third right now. Yeah, I got Minnesota's being Tampa right now in, in Tampa. So it's going pretty well for uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Greener, hopefully uh, you can paw one here. Who scored their first? You know. Uh yeah, Zucker tip off Donato. Oh, okay. Yeah, Donato nice. getting another guy's been on fire over there. Yep. So you guys are heading up to Maine, right? Yeah, we uh we're leaving tomorrow morning, probably around ten. Head up there, a uh, single game on Saturday. So I mean, it's gonna be a long long road trip up, but uh, I think it's a big one for the boys because this kind of keeps our uh, our home ice. And playoffs kind of in motion if we uh, if we win, so just need a few other things to happen in hockey's for for that to figure itself out. Okay, the top eight teams go to playoffs. Yeah, so it's it's changed the last years because we had because we had Notre Dame in our conference, right? So oh yeah, um, yeah. So when they left, because we used to you like I think the top four teams had to buy the first weekend, and then it would kind of go into like the the regular sort of things like the single game knockouts and stuff like that, but. Um, this year, I think it's yeah, it's just eight teams and a couple uh, three game series, and then uh, off to the garden if you make it. So did somebody pick up a map and figure out Notre Dame wasn't on the East Coast or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I've I no idea how that worked out. Yeah, that must be a lot of road trips uh, coming up from Indiana. But the um, 
so the playoffs are right around the corner. You guys are looking pretty good. Um, my alma mater is is UMass. So, I mean, they've been a tough team this year for you guys. UMass, Zoo. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, they've kind of been on a tear this year. And last year they were okay. But um, do you guys think that's the number one team to beat in the in the conference right now? Yeah, I think like for the most part it's also close. And like I think you look at uh, the two like the two seed to the eight seed. It's uh we're all within like a few points of each other of, you know, in the standings, but yeah, they're, uh, they're obviously a great team. They've done a, done a pretty good job over there and uh, kind of rebuilding that hockey program. And, um, you know, it's definitely shown. And I have a buddy over there. Uh, I played with him at World Juniors McCarr. Um, you know, he obviously, he can't say enough good things, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get to see them again. Cause, um, you know, we, uh, our last couple outings against them weren't, uh, definitely the result we wanted. He's the leading scorer for Zoomass, right? That's Kale McCart, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's, he's a pretty dynamic defenseman. Yeah, he's gross. So, um yeah, he's yeah, he's he's, uh, he's gonna be uh some some directing with definitely down the down the road. He's drafted by who? Avalanche, right? Colorado? Yeah, yeah, I think uh I think he was fourth overall. Yeah, he's so, nasty. Actually a rumor just came out on uh Twitter that the head coach of uh UMass, Greg Carvel. Uh, might be uh, one of the top picks for the Ottawa Senators head coach. So that's kind of interesting. Um, just with you saying, Dante, that uh, that program, what it's been the last um, two years, what he has done for the program, and now uh, there's a potential that he could leave. So I kind of think. Yeah, no, definitely with yeah, definitely for all the progress they they've made the last couple of years. So um, yeah, they're they're a tough team, man. So uh, it's always a good battle against those guys. You guys have a new coach too. You had a similar situation at BU with your coach leaving uh, to go to the Rangers. How's that transition going? Yeah, uh, it's been good. Obviously, not the year we've we've expected, but uh, you know, I think our team as a whole it's been uh, definitely trending upwards towards the playoffs, and we're starting to you know get hot right when we need to. So um, I think that's a big credit to the coaching staff and what they've been able to do and stick with it with the guys. I know it's probably been frustrating at some points, but. Um, you know they've done a, a great job in, in keeping uh, keeping everyone locked in and, and ready to go for for down the stretch. Talk about your goaltender, man. Ottinger has been pretty hot, huh? Yeah, he's dude. He's uh, he's a stud too. <laughs> so he's uh, yeah, he's he's unreal, man. He's he makes some huge saves when we need to. I think uh, with him, I look back on that game when we played uh, my freshman year when we played against North Dakota. I think he made like some eighty something saves. Wow. Like we were yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was insane, dude. We went. I think we went to double OT. Like North Dakota sh- scored, but it was an offside, so the goal got called back, and then we ended up scoring and advancing. Is that some kind of NCAA record? 80, 80 some saves. Holy shit! Yeah, I yeah, guess it was, so. It was, it was so, crazy. Crazy, so Dante, with you being a junior, there's a lot of juniors on your team that could uh, potentially be leaving. I mean, Chad, Chris, he's you know his game's up there. Yourself, you you could be up there playing. Harper, you know, he's doing well. I know he he was out for a while. Was it last year or the year before? Um, yeah. Then you got Jake Ottinger. I mean, he could be potentially leaving. So you've got a lot of potential people leaving that roster. But that happens at BU, so that's just something to uh, coaching staff's going to have to uh, adjust to the work cut out for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, there's. I think there's potential with anybody to leave any school. Um, it just so happens that BU seems to be the, you know, platform for guys to come to and, and want to develop and, and play hockey. So, 
I mean, hockey East is a great league, and I think there's a reason why a lot of guys like to pick the schools out here, and um, a lot of guys like to pick BU too. So um, I think it just it just shows uh, you know the, what the coaching staff puts into the to, the, to all the players, and you know how the how BU and and everyone around it uh, treats the hockey players and and all athletes. So it's it's been uh, it's been definitely a great experience. Yeah, for you, um, when you decided to go to BU, was there some other options that you were entertaining that were um, staying in Canada, playing juniors or something like that, and not going into the, um, you know, the college hockey? Yeah, there was. Uh, so I guess growing up in Canada, the CHL is uh, in kind of the pinnacle of junior hockey, and um, you know, I had I had a ton of friends. I think most of all my friends that played hockey definitely went to the the Western League, and I was kind of the odd man out there. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy I made that decision because, you know, coming here and playing at BU, uh, meeting uh, all the guys like Greener and, and McAvoy and Kells and Andrew, Chris, everyone. So it's been uh, – it's been man, it's been a, a surreal three years. It's kind of blown by. And, uh, you know, you kind of want to cherish those those moments again. Try and yeah, remember some of them. <laughs> yeah. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some blacked out moments when I was in Massachusetts myself. But <laughs> there's that, there's something to say about the experience of playing college sports and the camaraderie that you have playing for your school. And um, it's definitely a cool experience for, for any college athlete. And, um, you know, those memories. A few more, will a few more ladies. Yeah, a lot of ladies. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all good, good atmosphere. So, you know, something to say to be about having that college experience. Dante, you guys, uh, does uh, Quinny ever stop over when he's in the city, or have you seen him? Can you call, since he can you call him Quinny, Pat? You can call him I, Quinny. I can, I can, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you guys I, uh, yeah. He actually, I, I called him Quinny when he was coaching, and he got, he got right. kind of got mad at me. Yeah. Was <laughs> 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 so shocked as I uh, like on the recruiting, like uh, on the official visits and stuff like that. I'd be, I called Quinny and stuff like that, and then as soon as I got there. I called him at once, and he kind of just roasted me a bit. So, <laughs> I guess I can't call him. Place. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Better get permission, Pat. Yeah, I guess so. All right, Pat, you get that drinking? Yeah, I can hear your ice cubes over there. Is that vodka, yeah. or what are you drinking tonight? Vodka and cranberry, yeah. So what, what's it look like, Dante, next year? So right now you're committed to come back to BU, um, see what happens um, over the summer. Is there a potential, or I know it's kind of tough subject to bring up, but I could see yeah, I mean, dressing for Nashville for sure. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. You know, at the same time, I I want to you know push as far as I can with BU, and um, you know whatever comes after that is definitely have to be talked about. But um, you know, I've had uh, I've won a championship here at BU, and all I want to do is probably win another one because um, I think Greener can attest to this that. Uh, there's nothing quite like, uh, you know, winning at, uh, at a college and, uh, you know, the pride of the school. So, but I mean, like you said, if, you know, the, the time comes with that call and, uh, and Nashville, I think that's definitely a conversation I'd love to have. Yeah. It's, it's a fun city. So, so what's the plan for the summer? Where do you go work out? You stay right there or I know a lot of the boys, BU boys stay right there. What's your plan? Yeah. I, uh, honestly, right now, I don't know much. You know, I'd like to take a class here and, and maybe work out, but, um, you know, I think just, just being home and back in Vancouver is kind of what I loved about last year, just because uh, obviously I didn't have any team Canada events or nothing like that. I kind of just hang out with some buddies and, and work out there. So I got a lot of, uh, like, 
my one of my buddies growing up was Barzell, and so played with him quite a bit, and um, you know, kind of train and skate skate out in Vancouver for a good majority of the summer. He's filthy, huh? You grew up with him? Yeah. Yeah. So we played uh, we played minor hockey together every uh, every other year. Wow. He's a year older. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. He, yeah was, uh, he was he was sick growing up. So. Yeah. Can't blame you for wanting to go back to Vancouver. That's a, that's a pretty awesome place. So. Yeah. What do you what do you do outside of hockey? What do you? Yeah, Greener says he kicks your ass in golf. Are you good at golf? No, Greener Greener likes to run his mouth a bit, but he's not very good. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, tr- I I wouldn't say I'm going to golf either, but um, I try to go golfing as much as I can. Uh, just kind of be outside in general, go, go shoot some hoops or basketball and, you know, whatnot, head to the beach and stuff like that. Go talk to, hopefully uh, talk to some girls sometimes, but um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, Vancouver is just such a laid back place. So kind of just do whatever you want and, and kind of hang out. So it's been, it's, it's a nice lifestyle for sure. Have you ever seen a, a golf bag like Greener's? He has half right clubs and then the other half are lefties. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a backwards putter. <laughs> like. No, he, yeah, he, dude, this guy, this guy, the time I, <laughs> the time I golf with him, he shows up to this place. He's wearing like those, he's wearing Lulu, Lulu shorts, like a, a baggy t shirt, and then he's wearing flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> I was like, exactly what you wore last that. time I golfed with. <laughs> yeah. He's an idiot. So what's a, is there a big difference between, um, you know, the Canadian philosophies on working out and then um, what you experience when you come to the college game? You know, I don't know if there's a – is there a lot more demand of what they expect of you when you got to BU as far as what you did when you were in Canada, or was it similar? Uh, honestly, I think it's, it's pretty similar. But I think with – uh, all the different trainers and and whatnot, they all they all have their different theories on, you know, what works best for an athlete and hockey player specifically. So, but I mean, I think the one thing I remember growing up is, um, I don't know, I guess it, it could be true here, but it was nonstop. Like there's ice everywhere. So uh, if you wanted ice or needed ice, like you, there's eight eight rinks within four blocks. So it was uh, it was definitely nice growing up and. Just being able to get out there, even just for free ice and goofing off, goofing around with your buddies, just kind of, that's kind of when we learned a lot of stuff and you know tried new things. And um, you know, I think that that's the, the probably the biggest thing I remember from growing up and just playing hockey and developing that way. So, uh, speaking of Canada, do you want to just tell us a little bit what it was like to play for Team Canada and the juniors and and um, your experience? Yeah, yes, especially playing, you know, you had Greenway, McAvoy. Who else played? You played against? Uh, Keller. Keller. Uh, Bello, yeah. Bellows was on that team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so a lot of guys. Ottinger. Yeah, How was that wasn't coming home? To lose. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't an easy one to lose. Man, that was, that was probably one of the coolest experiences just because I think playing in the Bell Center, Canada, USA in the final, I mean, it ended in a shootout, which I think everyone just kind of wanted to play OT, but and how it works, but yeah, it was uh, an unreal experience. And then losing sucked. And coming back, they all uh, they all got their like their championship ring shipped to like the rink. I don't know if they did it on purpose or. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I sure it was cool to play. Uh, you know, play for Team Canada in general. Yeah. Play, play in that atmosphere and play up to the shootout. I mean, you'll remember that forever. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. And then got another crack at it the second year and was able to, to come up to, uh, on top there. So, 
Yeah. That was uh, that one was fun to definitely do it on uh, on U.S. soil for sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bittersweet. Hey Dante, we really appreciate you coming on and spending some time with the guys from the Blue Line Hockey Club. It's been uh, it's been a good conversation, and we wish you the best of the luck in, in the Hockey East tournament and up in Maine this weekend as well. Um, it's it's nice to see these new dynamic defensemen like yourself being able to score a lot of points, and that's the the, new, the direction of the NHL as far as what they're looking for in defensemen. So we're looking forward to watching in Nashville in the upcoming seasons as well, and you know, wish you the best of luck, man. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you in the show here in a bit. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Yeah. All right. Take care. Dante. Dante Fabro. I think we're going to be hearing that name a lot in the future, boys. Derek was getting confused when we say Dante because that's what Derek's nickname was. It was when I was younger. Yeah. No, Deontay. Deontay. So, good interview, boys. Let's get into a little bit of what's going on in um, hockey this week. We obviously have playoff push. And, uh, uh, and now we can say it. So let's just do the divisions real quick, and then we'll get into kind of what's been going on. We'll get that out of the way first this time. Um, I'm just going to talk quickly about the, uh, the Eastern uh, Atlantic Conference, where we had Tampa Bay clinch a playoff spot early. Obviously, they're 110 points in right now. There's, they're clinched, right? So... The Bruins and the Maple Leafs right behind them. Um, the Bruins actually just lost their first game. Out of they had a point in the last 19 games, and they finally lost, I think, to uh, Florida, Florida Panthers. Yeah. So they've been on a roll. Um, the Canadians are still in the fight. They've got 81 points, and they're just right there for that second wild card spot. And um, the rest of the league is is pretty much done. You got the Panthers, Sabers, Wings, and Senators um, getting ready to get their golf club shined up and get out there for the second <laughs> golf. But so that's kind of what's going on. I'm just not going to get into too much more. You know, we have the those uh, four teams that are contenders and everybody else is out. And uh, the Lightning being the first team to clinch. No doubt, man. The, the Metro is Metro is a five-team race, man. That's basically, you know, the top three and then the two two people that are fighting for the uh, wild card, actually, in the Eastern Conference. So Washington has overtaken the Islanders. But you got, I mean, you're talking from fifth place to first. You're talking eight points. You know, it's – these guys are these guys are going head to head, and I don't know. The Islanders obviously aren't going away, but now Pittsburgh is only two points behind the Islanders. Um, Carolina and Columbus battling out for those wild card spots. The rest of it, Rangers, Philly, and Jersey—they're a bunch of jokes at this point. So um, it's, it's down, like I say, down to five teams there, and it looks like the cream has risen to the top. You know, it—it's probably gonna—it might hash out the way it stands right now. So. Um, not a lot of changes, just the teams that are at the bottom are definitely phased out at this point. So, Yeah, and I had a chance to watch the Caps and the Pens play last night. I don't know if you guys caught that in NBC Sports, but um, that definitely had playoff feel to it. If you caught it, it was 5-3. Sure. Uh, Penguins ended up winning 5-3, but freaking Crosby's awesome, man. Ovechkin's playing well, too, but Crosby had an awesome game. Um, he's, he's still on top of his game, even though he's getting older, but um, he, he played really well last night. And, you know, for the Penguins to get the win there, you know, that's kind of like a little bragging rights going into playoffs because those two could meet up again. Malkin got his uh, thousandth goal, right? Yeah, that's big. And I just wanted to touch on the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are legit. They're tied with Tampa Bay Lightning for the most wins, 23, and tied with them for the most points since December 31st. They're sitting so, number one in the wild card right now. They're looking, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, December 1st, you're saying? 
Yeah, since <clears throat> December 31st. Yeah, they, they haven't lost two in a row in regulation since January 15th. They're on fire, and Camp and Carolina just keeps winning and winning. And to be, you know, tied with the most wins with Tampa is pretty big. And, you that know, point. yeah. Sebastian Ajo is just killing it, too. I think he's got, like, what's he got here? He's got 77 points, 30 goals and 47 assists in 69 games. And, uh, you know, they're talking about Hart Trophy, Selkie Trophy with that guy. You know, obviously he probably won't get it with, you know, with some of the guys in that league. But, you know, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Kane, Crosby, Nikita Kucherov, but, the Hurricanes are someone to watch, and I think Derek said something about them, you know, a few podcasts back that that's the last team you want to face in the playoffs. Um, they're just unpredictable, and, you know, since December 31st, 23 not bad, wins. Not bad for a bunch of jerks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> huge. Robbie, what, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'll jump into the Pacific here, guys. You know, for me, uh, San, you know, Derek just said the cream is rising to the top. San Jose, for me, uh, sitting at number one right now in the Pacific. Two, Calgary. You know, San Jose, I'll start at, I'll start with San Jose. I, I, I knew from the beginning they're going to be a team to watch. They started out of the gate slowly, but wow. Eight and two, last ten. Yep. Calgary, uh, Goudreau had fucking six points in a game. Yeah. In a game. <laughs> single game. So, and Matthew Kachuk is is on fire right now, too. He had his first hat trick, uh, I think, two games ago. So, watch out for Calgary. Uh, yeah, Vegas is number three. They're holding in strong there. I mean, I was watching Vegas. I, I knew they would be up there. So, no real surprise there. Uh, sitting one and two. Uh, one Dallas Bishop just had his third straight shutout. So, you know, they're playing pretty well right now, too. Arizona's on fire, 8-2. Arizona is on fire, right. Clayton Keller just got back into the the fantasy top 100 boys. Uh, He just got 90. Pat, give us a little rundown. um, That Central League is really tight, man. Yeah, just with San Jose clinching the Pacific, uh, San Jose just beat um, Minnesota to, you know, get those points to go ahead of Calgary. A lot of uh, Calgary fans was hoping that Minnesota would win, but uh, Minnesota just got beat up by San Jose, actually a shutout. Winnipeg's still on top, 84, Nashville, 83. We've been saying this um, for the whole year. Those two are going to stay up top. Tomorrow, Minnesota and Dallas play each other. Dallas, yeah, good one. Dallas has 77 points. Uh, Minnesota has 74. So it's a it's a big uh, big game for those two because Dallas has got that uh, wild card that Minnesota is looking to get. Um, St. Louis is in third um, with 79. So it's still close. So again, Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Dallas, and Minnesota, uh, Colorado, and Chicago will be at the bottom. But uh, the big uh, the big game coming up in the Central is Minnesota versus Dallas tomorrow night, and uh, I believe that's in uh, Minnesota. So we'll see what happens there. The Pittsburgh Washington game, Mark, just uh, cut in on you though. It was playoff atmosphere, and I can't wait for the playoffs to start because it's so much fun to watch these teams go at it. 
man, that game was was a, a exciting game. There were so many chances and they were flying out there, I and mean, it was definitely a playoff type game. Just to touch on what you were talking about before, Pat, um, you know Minnesota's one point out of the wild card because uh, the Coyotes won and they got seventy five points. Minnesota's at seventy four, but the two teams at the the bottom of that league, the Avalanche and the Blackhawks, really aren't out of it. They uh, 72 points and 71. I mean, so they're only a few points behind the Coyotes and Minnesota. So there's still a fighting chance for the Blackhawks and the Avalanche to get a wild card spot. How crazy they... is that too, right? Because I mean, Chicago with that coaching change, right? I mean, yeah, that's, cra- that's crazy that they're even that they're even sitting there in the discussion anymore. But the possibility of making playoffs. Yeah, that's insane. And then you know, back to your Dallas, Minnesota, Patrick. I mean, that's that's must win for Minnesota right there. I mean, that, that's. Yeah. That really is. A, that's like a must-win game for Minnesota. If they don't win that game. That's those are those are points right there that they can't afford to not to not gather up. So yeah, especially against Dallas. Rumor going around Minnesota is that uh, Mike Madonna might be um, coming in to the front office um, somewhere in uh, Minnesota here next year. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Okay. Oh, inside info. And just uh, just to touch on the Blackhawks, they beat. At least tonight, five four. So we got another W against a real good team. So, I mean, that central division, the the bottom of that central division, is where the wild card spot's going to be. Unless the Coyotes, you know, go on a tear and win, but it should be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. So, how just, many uh, get regular season? It's got to be like twelve or something. Yeah, it's not many. Just uh, before you get into it, Mark, Rob and I did a little talking before uh, the podcast started, and uh, we were talking about Buffalo Sabres, you know, how we all had high expectations um, for Buffalo this upcoming year, and kind of looks like they're not going to make playoffs again. And um, if if Carolina makes the playoffs, Buffalo will set an NHL record for the most nine most consecutive um years not making the playoffs with nine so that kind of stinks for buffalo i know i said uh previous podcasts that you know buffalo's just diehard fans um hockey and football and at the beginning of the podcast we actually had beginning of this year we had zach bogosian on and uh we talked to him about you know that team on paper was phenomenal and uh and then they had i think in november they had a 10 game win streak and now it's kind of, like Derek would say, kind of the cream of the crop settling to the top. Unfortunately, it, I, I was rooting for Buffalo, so that's why I brought it up. And uh, Well, thanks for bringing it up. Rub it right. Unfortunately for Rob, I don't think they're going to make playoffs again. Well, did you guys see McAvoy <laughs> getting the scrap with Panarin last night? I mean, That was a good fight, huh? That was a good fight. I mean, just, just be like the best player on the team getting a fight. I mean, how often does that happen? And GM's probably like, what the fuck? The best, yeah. the best thing about that fight was it wasn't like two guys like hugging it out, like grappling. Those guys oh, were no, just fucking throwing. throwing haymakers at each other. I mean, it was just like, just <laughs> they were just bombing them. So I, I, that was a pretty cool fight to watch. Yeah, McAvoy had a towel over his hand in the penalty box. I'm sure it was bleeding just because, like you said, they were throwing haymakers and they both had their helmets on. So all you're doing is hitting hard Bunch plastic. Plastic, so. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was a good fight. I mean, it it turned into uh, to watch the whole thing. Kind of how it generated was Panarin kind of came down and was all over McAvoy and kind of got his arm up around McAvoy's back and neck and 
McAvoy gave him a nice two-hander on the back of the leg, and Panarin just turned around and, and dropped him. Yeah. Uh, it was was here, uh... Oh, yeah. So a couple big uh, milestones for a couple guys last night. Um, we talked about Malkin, 1,000 points. 1,000 um, points. I misspoke, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ovi had his 1,200th career point last night. So same game. They were playing against each other. So Ovi had 1,200, and uh, Malkin had 1,000. And Crosby went over and, you know, gave him a props. And I don't know if he gave him a man hug or whatever, but it was kind of some good sportsmanship, good class by Sid Crosby to do that. So a couple of milestones last night there. Oh, uh, Quinn Hughes signed with the Canucks from Michigan. So Yeah, I, I did means. see that. Is he leaving Michigan? And he must be if he signed, right? He's got to be. Yeah, he's leaving. It's official now. He's leaving. He's going to Vancouver. That's huge no for uh, no going back, no. Where's Vancouver falling? They're they're uh, sixty five points and they're not they're outside of the wild card. Yeah, sixty five yeah, points, so they're ways out. They're ten points out. So I mean that's kind of a weird decision to leave now, but maybe he's thinking he gets that one year in. Um and can still be a rookie next year and then he's gets his big payday. Right, Pat? Yeah, that's big payday. Yeah. That's how it works, right? So if you only play a few games this year, it's, it's considered part of that three-year entry level, right? Exactly. So he wants to get that over with as soon as possible to hopefully sign the big contract. But, you know, that's from his perspective. He can burn a year, you know, with maybe three or four games. But, uh, you know, for Vancouver, you know, they don't even want him to think about sign, you know, playing another year at uh, Michigan. They, they need some help, you know, up front. So... Yeah, but that, to your question, yeah, that's how you burn it. But just getting back to Malkin, just getting back, yeah, burn one. Just getting back to Malkin. He's 32 years old. He's got 391 goals, 609 assists, and 848 games with the Penguins, who selected him number two in the 2004 NHL draft, and he is the 88th player in NHL history to reach 1,000 points. The first since Vancouver Canucks forward uh, Daniel Sedin um, in 2017. So that's huge for Mulkin. Actually, I, you know, I talked to a lot of uh, NHL players, including my nephew, and they say that Mulkin is one of the best players who protects the puck. If he has the puck, it's almost impossible to get the puck away from him unless you get him cornered and another guy comes in to back you up. Besides that, you're not getting the puck from big body, big, big body. body. Yeah, and I think he's like fourth all-time Russian to hit a thousand points or something like that too. I'm not positive on that, but like top five or something like that. So, yeah, that's you, know, huge. you know, one guy that we don't talk about ever, and he plays for the Blackhawks because just because we talk about the Blackhawks was that Alex DeBrincat. You know that? Yeah. About, he scored his 38th goal tonight, and he's got 38 goals. He's five foot seven. I mean, he's, it is unreal. But we don't ever talk about him on here, and I I, I felt like we should throw his name out there because. That guy's shaking it up out there for Chicago, so give a little props to Alex to bring cat. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting so small these days, it's almost unreal. I mean I mean, like we just said, what's his name from Michigan going to uh Vancouver? I mean Quinn Hughes. I mean he he can't weigh hundred and eighty pounds. I saw a video I saw a video I think on Twitter of him today getting off the plane and like pushing his cart with his bag in it and his sticks on it and the limo driver picking him up. He looked like he was like a 12 year old kid. 
yeah, it's unreal. Some of these kids. I guess we're just getting old, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be a household name. Him and his brother coming up, uh, Jack, and then they got a younger brother too. So we've got a little possible dynasty coming out of that family. Yeah, the huge brothers for sure. Supposed to be the, the the nastiest too. Yeah. So Derek, he's, he actually went out to Vancouver. So I mean, that must mean he's done, right? If you sign a contract, the NCAA. Yeah, no, he's done. he can't. You can't go back on that. Yeah, yeah. he can't go back. Right. Yeah, they must be out of it then, for sure. Yeah, Michigan must be out, right? Yeah, they must be out. Yeah. Fuck it. Moving on. Uh, so, the uh, the lottery's coming up. I think they set the date for April 9th. The NHL draft lottery is scheduled for April 9th. So they'll find out the order of the top 15 there. That's another yeah, date to be, we'll be watching to see who gets the it's first. Just talking about playoffs. The first pick, I think the first pick is going to be uh, the younger Hughes. So we'll see who yeah, gets that. It's going to be a pretty important pick. Yeah, Ottawa could use him. That's for sure. Could use yep. a lot of things. Derek, uh, the all-around sports guru. Why don't we get into a little bit of what's been going on in the uh, NFL? It's kind of it's crazy. Yeah, man. It's like uh, you know, it's uh, free agency frenzy. They call it, man. It's been some crazy shit. Oh, Oh, I guess the biggest move that everybody's talking about, well, it's the Cleveland Browns, man. The Cleveland Browns, it's like, I'm not sure what they're going to do in two years when they finally have to, like, you know, come to grips with their salary cap. But they're putting together, like, the dream team, man. They just traded away for uh, – they just traded for Odell Beckham Jr. I think that shocked the football world, shocked a lot of Giants fans. Mark, you're a Giants fan. I'm sure that was – What did the Giants get? Nothing, right? Yeah, they got – no, they got a first-round pick. I think it's 17th overall, and they got a third-round third pick. Round. Yeah, but it's an end of the third round, so it's basically like a fourth-round pick. And then they got um, Jabril Peppers, who is a, a safety, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago from Cleveland. But that was a big – that was like earth-shattering move in the in the NFL, man. It's the Cleveland Browns, they actually have – their GM is John Dorsey who kind of helped build the Chiefs into what they are right now. But he's great at, like, you know, discovering talent and making moves, but he's terrible, like, at contract situations. So the Browns, I mean, they're in, like, win-now mode. You know what I mean? So if yeah. they, don't, they don't win a couple years, and if this thing blows up on them, there's no coming back from it. They but, have yeah. no one on defense, do they? They're just all top-heavy. No. You talking about Cleveland? Yeah. No, they're yeah, they're stacked all the way around. Their whole freaking team is just like it's like I'm telling you, it's like an all star team. But other than that, yeah, I mean, NFL is there's been a lot of uh, a lot of movement, a lot of a lot of money getting thrown around. Um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, all time idiot move. He set out a whole season. He was offered a five uh, five year, seventy million dollar contract, and ended up going to the Jets for like. A fifty four year four year fifty million, so it was less money. He sat out a year, didn't get paid. But he's getting guaranteed money, like forty million guaranteed or some crazy shit. Yeah, he, he lost out on like fourteen million by not playing last year. So. Antonio Brown went to the Antonio Raiders. Brown. Yeah, Antonio oh, yeah. Brown's gonna be a Raider. Uh, it's uh, the the dynamic is shifting for sure. The uh, the Steelers are no longer the Steelers that you remember. Uh, my Chiefs, they've given up. They they cut Justin Houston. They cut Eric Berry today. They traded away D Ford. So I mean, I think what it, I think what you're seeing basically in the, in the NFL is that you're seeing like just a shift to where you know some teams are going to play pay these 
uh, older veterans a lot of money still, but it's like a shift. It's just like in the NHL, man, they're going young. You know, everybody's just like going young, like get guys on rookie contracts, get the most out of them that you can, get as much draft capital as you can. And, you know, if guys that are have been have like an injury history, teams just aren't showing any interest in keeping those guys around. So I think the NFL needs to, if I was like a GM or something, uh, I would, I'd want to get like the young guys before they, you know, really get big because that's to me, I think NFL guys get cocky oh, and then, like Antonio Brown. Once they have a stellar year, I mean, look at Odell Beckham, you know, and he's running his mouth Antonio Brown running his mouth. I would want to get the guys that haven't made a name for themselves yet. And they're willing to put their, you know, put a concussion on the line to catch that football where the, some of these guys like, you know, Terrell Owens was, one of the guys that comes to my mind that wouldn't even attempt to catch the pass if he knew that he was going to get some contact just because he didn't have to, didn't want to. I mean, and Antonio Brown starts, you know, coming into practice, like training camp with like some dude driving him in a Bentley. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, like, like landing in a helicopter and shit. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what, what message is that sending to like the, I mean, I guess the younger guys, maybe they're thinking, wow, I hope I can fly in a helicopter someday, but. Um, it's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a joke, but the biggest thing in the NFL is they're trying, like, you know, they're trying to get te- teams that have a legit starting quarterback that is on a rookie contract, you know, because the big thing in the NFL is once you have to pay that, you know, that, uh, franchise quarterback, so much of your salary cap goes to that position that, you know, you end up having, you're kind of hurting in all other positions. So teams are now trying to take advantage of those quarterbacks that are on their rookie contract and then like loading up with free agents while that guy's still on the rookie contract and hoping they can win now. So, yeah. NHL just thing. just yep. to touch on uh, Odell Beckham real quick. I was talking to my old man about it and being Giants fans, you know, it sucked that he left, but you know, the guy got paid massive amount of money and he's injured all the time. You know, he's played 20 games in three years, Mark. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Why keep him? I, I, so I wasn't too pissed off about that trade. He's a he's a head case. He causes problems on the sidelines if he's not catching balls or not throwing to him. You know, it's a bad bad vibe on the sidelines. And you know, so I didn't really give a shit. Just you know, if we can you know get a different guy that can uh, doesn't have the bullshit in the baggage and can stay healthy. Fuck it. His contract is way too, way too big to not be playing every game. No doubt, and they can potentially get you know with that trade. They got a safety. Uh, who will start for them, and they've got two draft picks, so you could potentially get three players out of one. So we'll see. And he has a big time. Yes, he is amazing, and he's a, he probably one of the best receivers in the league. But he like he's got a wicked injury history, and uh, he is kind of a he is kind of a uh, can- cancer on the team, I guess, in a way. And uh, there you go. Big time. We'll see what happens. I think I think I think Giants will turn out all, all right. You know, a few years down the road. So. All right, boys. It's been a pretty good podcast. Uh... So Dante Fabro joining us tonight. Great interview. There you go. Perspective on what his career is at BU, and hopefully we'll be seeing him up in Nashville next year, and uh, possibly maybe at the end of the season. So yeah, he's a good player, man. Well, hopefully we'll see him in Nashville. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys. Just want to give a little plug to Art Hockey. Um, use the blue line for promotion code. Get thirty dollars off Art Hockey stick. Um, they usually run about one hundred and thirty, one hundred forty bucks. They get it right around one hundred dollars. Um, good quality stuff. Um, half the price of the big guys so we've been using them in our men's league so check them out uh, arthockey.com all right boys until next time keep your stick on the ice tell you oh doctor
Let's get up. Keep your head up. <laughs>